This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder the mashups. The mashups. The Patreon <laughs> mashups. We don't have a name the for Patreon this yet. Mashups. We don't know what we're talking about. So basically, we are taking a break this week, but instead of leaving you all with nothing, we decided to take out some clips from some of our patron-only episodes so you can have a sneak peek and see what we chat about over there. We have some fun stuff in there. It's not all bad. We have some Ashley trivia. It's my new patron segment called Ask Ashley that I just started. It's quite funny. She had some good stuff. My apologies. <laughs> I only included some of it. I can't include everything because then, you know. Yeah, don't include it I all. I can't include it all. I'm sorry. I'm just giving you some snippets. But if you've never listened to us before, don't start with this episode. Go back. You have to learn to love oh, us boy. first. You have to learn to love us before you listen to this. This is just a, a fun episode in in the break. Here we go. So I'm going to start. Okay. Crack open your beverages. I'm drinking a uh, pineapple mango Las Birdie Punchy and Ashley has a Diet Coke. Because Lacey roofied me with that, I did with that last drink. <laughs> there were 2.5 ounces of vodka I measured. That's why I said we need to do it's the Patreon so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> why did you laugh so hard at that? <laughs> it's the way you posed. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you a few true crime in the headlines and updates mm-hmm. real quick. They arrested somebody in the uh, Faith Hedgepeth. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah. You know, she was the UNC sophomore mm-hmm. when she was killed in 2012, and her murder was unsolved until September 16th of this year when Chapel Hill Police made an arrest in her case. So she was killed in one of her friend's off-campus apartment. And the guy they arrested has been charged with first-degree murder and is currently in the jail with no bail. So his name is Miguel Enrique Salguero Olivieres. I probably got none of that right, but he's 28. Did he go to school there? No. So here is what we know about her killing and what evidence police have gathered. And this guy... That's the suspect. Mm-hmm. So she was 19, sophomore at UNC Chapel Hill when she was killed in September of 2012. She arrived at UNC on a scholarship for advanced minority students. She worked two part-time jobs for groceries and gas money. Mm-hmm. At the time of her death, she worked at a Red Robin restaurant. She wanted to become a pediatrician and move back home. So on Thursday, September 6, 2012, the day before she was killed, She attended a recruiting event for Alpha Pi Omega around 6 at the Davis Library on the UNC campus with her friend and roommate, Karina. Around 7.30, the two girls returned to the apartment that she was sharing. So this was the Hawthorne at the View apartment complex. So Karina was letting her stay with her until she could move out into her own apartment later that month. And around midnight, the two girls left and went to a nightclub called The Thrill. Around 425, Karina left the apartment to pick up a male friend and left 
Faith home alone, asleep in the bedroom. And then she told police later on that she had left the front door unlocked. So when she gets back to her apartment the next day, around 11, they discover Faith on the bed with blood under her head Mm. and call the police. She tells the dispatcher that her roommate was unconscious and there was blood everywhere. The dispatcher tells her to check and see if she's breathing. She says, I I don't want to touch her. But she convinces her to go over there and she says she's cold. So then the dispatcher says, just don't, don't touch anything. Don't touch the body. Mm -hmm. I mean, find a, like if I were to walk in and find your body dead and call 911, I mean, it's easy for us to say, oh my God, I would do exactly what they said, but you. I mean, you could be freaked out and you're in shock and... Yeah. And I feel like, well, I don't know, but you could also, if someone looks obviously dead, you know, you could feel like, why would I do that? Or, or, uh, you know, like, they're dead. I can tell. They looked dead. Yeah. They're (laughs) stiff and they're cold. There's Mm -hmm. not. I can't. Yeah. So medical examiners conclude her death was a result of blunt force trauma She had cuts and bruises on her arms and legs and blood under her fingernails. In addition to the blood that pulled under her head, there was blood spattered on the wall and the closet door. So someone beat her. Blood and tissue evidence were collected as well as semen from her body. Authorities matched this guy's DNA Mm -hmm. to the DNA collected at the crime scene. So it was a DNA match. Complete DNA match. Search warrants were released in September 2014, indicate police initially looked closely at several men in connection with the case, but none of them were a match to the DNA. Mm-hmm. In 2016, in 2016, police released a computer-generated composite of a possible killer using Parabon Labs mm-hmm. based on DNA evidence at the scene, the DNA phenotype indicated that the man was Latino with dark olive to light olive toned skin, brown or hazel eyes and black hair. So even that's very matches his description. Yeah. His record. So this guy's record shows that he was charged for a DWI from September. His blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit and his driver's license was temporarily revoked for this charge. But other than that, he didn't have a record. Hmm. I mean, he had like... That's surprising. He had been stopped with and charged with no license, no insurance, open container. But, right, but, but not nothing, even domestic violence. No domestic anything. That's weird. Yeah. So he had actually moved to the United States from Guatemala just a few years before Faith's death. So he made his first court appearance on Friday, September 17th of this year, where he was denied bond, and he doesn't speak English. So statements in the oh, case wow. were relayed to him through an interpreter. He was appointed a public defender, and his next hearing was scheduled for today, October the 7th. I mean, it's hard to fake DNA. Yeah. You, you can't. I mean, yeah. there's just no... It could be inconclusive, but to be a match, that ain't happening. This is a doozy. I haven't tried to find him on Facebook. <laughs> you did? Yeah, but did I, didn't, you? I didn't find him. Okay. Oh, rats. So this happened last week in Clearwater, Florida. 
Oh, boy. Arrest warrants say that Caitlin O'Donovan, who's 27, and Sarah Franks, who is 29, got into an argument with a man while he was standing on the balcony of his apartment. They didn't live there, so they were visiting Like they're him. on the street? No. He was oh, on were... his balcony. They were there. So oh, okay, okay. They were arguing with him. At some point during the argument, they threw a container of glitter at the man. <laughs> glitter? I tried to figure out what, because they're saying containers like it hurt him, but I don't know what it was. So the man was hit in the head and torso area. So they threw a, a, a container of glitter, which is like plastic. Glitter does not come in glass. Well, I don't, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I tried to figure out what glitter. And that would have to be a giant, like, well, Sam's Club. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. So they Does both- Sam's Club sell glitter that, that in bulk? I've never wanted the glitter Costco? in bulk. I've never desired to have that Says much glitter. Says the girl who carries around edible glitter. Uh, that, do you know how tiny that is? That's tiny. <laughs> it's teeny tiny. It's like, I don't know You know what, glitter. though? That's glass. It's glass. But it's also like the size of a quarter. It's like a, yeah, it's a, yeah. But so they both throw glitter containers at him, hit him. So then Sarah Franks is accused of climbing over the balcony, entering the man's apartment, and throwing more containers of glitter at him. (laughs) Why does he have all this glitter? they They came with the glitter. They brought the glitter with them? Yes. So they're just like. They planned out Just in their spin the night bag? They weren't spending the night. They just, we don't know why they were there. They just started arguing this with them. This is fishy. I know. Okay, so they got, okay, a short time later, Sarah unlocked the front door to let Caitlin in because she climbs the balcony. So let's uh, Caitlin in. And then they continue to throw more containers of glitter. This doesn't make any sense. I am reading Who wrote this? the warrants. Is this Snopes? This is public. The warrants. I swear. How many glitter bottles total have been thrown it at this point? Nothing has said. So both women, you can look them up, were arrested and charged with felony burglary with assault or battery. So Franks also faces an additional charge of misdemeanor criminal mischief. She kicked out a window with her foot while she was leaving the apartment. These bitches. So I don't know the details. Like, Take that. In the mugshots, they're pleased with themselves. They're just like, they have their mouths closed, but they're smiling. They're grinning How? ear to ear like. This is not funny, but it's funny. Yeah. Don't assault people, even with glitter. Don't break into houses, yada, yada, yada. But when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, what? that's a lot of. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to one up you. Oh, okay. Listen to this random crazy bullshit. Not that you know this guy, because I don't. Mm-hmm. It's a Ukrainian rapper it's not in the u.s we're bouncing across the ocean there andy cartwright who was married so he's married to marina kokal and in july of 2020 she admitted to chopping him up and feeding him to rats she killed him and cut him up with a hacksaw and a knife but she did all that while he was still alive what yeah he's still alive while she's Chopping him into pieces. You want to know why she did all this? Because he was cheating on her. (sighs) With a fan. Parts of his body were found in a fridge and in a plastic bag. His fingers were given to rats. She cleaned his organs in their washing machine. Well, wait. Yeah. Like ran them through the wash. Why? I don't know. And then some of his organs were never found. 
ran them through the washing machine. Yeah. Yeah. So this is being called the perfect murder because there is no evidence. Even though she confessed to doing all of this and to dismembering him, there's no evidence that she did. But I'm like, did you not find these bags of body parts in the house? And she's telling you, yes, I chopped him up. And I mean, this is what I there did. was a way to arrest people before DNA. So, I mean. Yeah. They had a two-year-old son who was in the oh, home no. while no. this was taking place. And he is now in an orphanage. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's so sad. Yeah. So, according to forensic evidence, Andy was not dead before his body was dismembered. He died from oxygen. How did they know because of his... Wait, she washed his... Lungs in the washer. How do they know? Maybe she didn't wash his lungs. I don't know. I do not work for them. She told police that she didn't kill him, that he actually died from a drug overdose. And she was trying to protect him because she didn't want his fans... Oh, to goodness. think that he died some, you know, like dishonorable death by drugs. So she was doing him a favor, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Talk about it. Oh, my So she Lord. used a knife, hammer, and hacksaw to chop his body, and a plastic bowl and a cutting board were also used. Oh, no. Mm-mm. She was arrested and in jail for just a few months, but released because of lack of evidence in October of last year. The investigation is still ongoing. Before she goes to trial, they have to get more evidence. She was released because there wasn't enough evidence to hold her. Oh my gosh. So she couldn't be charged with anything. So despite her admitting to the crime, that she's been under house arrest while the investigation is underway. Oh my gosh. Supposedly her mother was involved too, but her attorney says no. The mother's attorney is like, no, she was not involved. So I feel like people's, you know, they they want to believe in that. And then they go out and yeah. fucking Ted Bundy and they get murdered. Well, it's kind of interesting you bring that up because remember that Tinder story I had in Lincoln, Nebraska? Quick recap. Yeah, recap it for me because you've covered a lot of Yes. In 2017, 24-year-old Sydney Loof was tricked on Tinder. It's She thought she was going on a date with Bailey Boswell. Mm-hmm. I remember it now. Yes, she gave her a fake name, but really, Bailey and her 55-year-old boyfriend, Aubrey Trail, were luring her for sexual fantasies, and they ended up essentially mutilating her. So her remains were found dismembered into 14 parts in, Jesus. A, yeah, in a Nebraska farm field nearly three weeks after she, she disappeared in November of 2017. And she's the one where some parts of her body and organs, including her heart, have never been found. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Aubrey Trail, the man involved, was sentenced to death this past June. But this week, Bailey Boswell, who was the woman who initially talked to her on Tinder and lured her in, received sentencing. She was sentenced to life in prison. She avoided becoming the first woman ever to be sent to Nebraska's death row. A three-judge panel couldn't unanimously decide that her role in the slang did not meet the legal standard of, quote, exceptional depravity. So two judges thought she should get the death penalty, the third did not, and they have to be unanimous. So she was sentenced to life. But her, the 
Aubrey Trail's the one that in the middle of the court session he stabbed himself in the neck with a pen. It was oh, it was Lord. a wild case, it's very dramatic. Yeah, so he's sentenced to death. She's sentenced to life. So on a recent episode, we were talking about the death penalty, and you said something along the lines of like, you know, we're not hanging people in the streets anymore, right? Well, one of our patrons named Tammy sent us a DM <gasps> to inform us that actually people can still be hanged. What? Yeah. I, even though lethal injection is the most common now, since it was invented in 1977, hanging is still legal in a few states. But they don't do it. Well, so Washington, New Hampshire, and Delaware. The last hanging in the U.S. took place in Delaware in 1996. 96? So it has been a while, but still, wouldn't you think it would be like, I don't know, the 40s or 50s or whatever? yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it... It's been a while, but it could potentially still happen there. And also, people can still be put to death in the electric chair. Which which states? All the states? Well, nationally, the electric chair is a method of the past. No other state has used it since 2013. However, since 2018, four inmates in Tennessee have chosen the electric chair. Over lethal injection? Over lethal injection. And so no. in the past few years... So inmate advocates and lawyers say the condemned men in Tennessee are choosing electrocution because they fear being frozen in place and feeling intense discomfort while the drugs work to kill them. I went down a big old rabbit hole of all the methods of dying, and it's it's a lot. But in Ohio, a federal judge recently wrote that part of the state's lethal injection protocol is akin to waterboarding, and botched procedures in other states have left men writhing in agony. When everything works perfectly, it's about 14 minutes of pain and horror. So if you have a lethal injection and it goes smoothly, you're suffering for 14 minutes. That sounds terrible. It's a long time. That And you're paralyzed, so you can't show it. So this is, Stephen Kissinger says this. He's an assistant federal community defender who has represented Mr. Sutton and other death row inmates, he said, then these these four inmates were like, okay, well, how long does electrocution take? So they're kind of thinking of like... The lesser two evils. The, they're both bad, but which one? So for them, they thought, I don't know. So some medical experts contend that lethal injection tests the constitutional limits on cruel punishment. Joel B. Zivit, an associate professor of anesthesiology and surgery at Emory University, said the sedative used is a, so it's a three-drug cocktail. The sedative used in the three-drug cocktail does not inure the inmates to pain and that the paralytic masks the torment they're enduring. So basically, they're paralyzed and it doesn't look that painful, but it actually is. They just can't move or express anything. So the drugs they're given cause their lungs to fill with fluid asphyxiating them and it makes them feel like they're burning from the inside which is like kind of making me get panicky i'm my neck is red yeah. this sounds fucking I'm, terrible I well i went in another rabbit hole and i was started reading more about the electric chair like well yeah that that sounds bad too but then the electric chair it sounds horrific i'm i almost think it sounds way worse and i mean it's obvious that it's terrible because you see it visually but Malfunctions have happened numerous times, and instead of some people dying instantly, they were basically boiled to death. 
And almost everything I could find said, because I was then looking up, what's the worst? What's the worst way? So everything said that the gas chamber is the most painful because you're basically just gasping for air and losing your breath. And it's, it takes the longest to die from it. I have given me like, I'm, I'm really sweating now. This is, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, (laughs) oh, there's more. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) I'll save that. I'll just. Well, and I also looked up the least painful ways. And for lack of a better word, I mean, none of them are good. It's, you know, you're not getting beaten up with feathers. But many experts believe that the guillotine is the best method of execution. Well, yeah, it slices your head off. They say it's the simplest, it's the fastest, and it's the most painless way to go because it's instant. I mean, there's not any, there's not, unless the machine malfunctions. Top four worst love songs ever. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm trying to think I was going to do top five, but I couldn't. I ran out of time. <laughs> ran out of time, so you got four. Okay. So number one, Used to Love Her by Guns N' Roses. Used to love her? I don't think I know that. Well, here's some of the lyrics. I used, to, I used to love her, but I had to kill her. I knew I'd miss her, so I had to keep her. She's buried right in my backyard. Are you serious? A hundred. Sir, this is what we call mutilating a corpse, and you will go to prison if you do this. So don't, people. Let me just know. Number two, every breath you take by the police. Oh, very creepy if you really think about it. Every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. Stalking is not sexy, people. In fact, it's a misdemeanor. So it's a misdemeanor. So don't do that. Okay. Number three. This is a good one. He hit me. It felt like a kiss. And that is by the crystals. That's a title. That's the title. Here's some lyrics since you asked. He hit me and it felt like a kiss. He hit me, but it didn't hurt me. He hit me and I know he loves me. If he didn't care for me. I could never make him that mad. What in the Ike Turner bullshit is this? Not a fan. No. Mm-mm. There are no blurred lines, people, between being sentimental and just being fucking mental. Okay? <laughs> like, girl, this is not a bop. This is domestic violence. What have we learned here today? Consent, Consent is sexy. Domestic violence is not okay. Don't stalk. Don't stalk people and don't bury dead. So before going on a date with someone you don't know, like for the first time, make sure your phone's fully charged. That's a good idea. But my, I, I mean, people have a lot of people yeah. do anyway, Mostly, yeah. but it's like, you know, if you, you're on 20% low battery mode, grab a charger, charge it at the restaurant. A lot of bars and restaurants actually have chargers. If they you do. ask the waitresses or yes. Yes. bartenders, they will charge Very true. Very yes. true. Bartenders are often your friend on dates. A hundred percent. They want to keep you safe. Not all of them, but most of them do. They're your friend usually yes, in the situation. Yes. Even if you don't know them, which there's not a lot of bartenders we don't know in Little Rock. But if you don't, <laughs> even our friends. <laughs> but even if you don't know them, though, they're they're pretty good about doing. My friend Shelly and I, when we went to Nashville for that concert, we had our drink sitting at the bar, and we were like, "Hey, don't throw these away. We're gonna walk outside and smoke." And he went whoop and picked our drinks up, and we're like. What are you doing? We just told you. He's like, no, I'm not leaving y'all's drinks out here. Like, you're two girls. Yeah. He's like, I'll put them back here up on the shelf. And he put napkins over them. Yeah, they'll usually put napkins over them. So, Mm -hmm. so we appreciate that. It's always a good thing. 
last question. And this is interesting. So if you were on a dating show, which three questions would you ask? You're on a dating show. Pretend there's like a barrier between you. You don't know what they look like. And you're like, okay, you have to ask three dudes the same three questions. Oh, my God. God. Just off the top of your head. Off the top of my head. I don't know. And I would say. <sighs> what kind of watch are you wearing right now? It's not because I'm a label hoe. It's because, like, my grandfather was really big into watches. And he he always had and would work on watches. And so, like, watches, as cheesy as it sounds, like, I find them very interesting. And, hmm. and someone who might have an expensive watch would show that they, you know, they're kind of interested in this time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they have like a, for instance, I dated a guy one time and he had a Rolodex. That's not what this story's about. Stay with me. It was a Submariner, but I could tell that it was a very old one. And he said when he graduated from college, his dad bought him a Rolex from the year he was born. And he did that for, he had four brothers and sisters. And so he did that for all the men in his family. His his dad would buy them when they graduated from college, a a Rolex from the year they were born. So he was born in like 1969. So it was like a 1960. I could tell it was vintage. Yeah. And so, and so I thought that was cute. So yeah. yeah. Question number one would be what, what kind of watch do you have on? They would be like, this is the question. (laughs) Yeah. They'd be like, no, she's trying to figure out if I have money or not. That's Mm -hmm. not the case. I just find it. Interesting. Let's see. Question number two. How did your grandparents meet? I love the stuff. I'm, these are not at all what you guys thought I would ask, is it? No, I, I just... I don't even know how my grandparents... See, like, I am big into, like, history and family history, and I just think it's it's fascinating, and, and I feel like people don't... They don't love like they did back in the, the 40s and 50s and things. Like, my grandparents met picking cotton. Like she was what? 15 and he was 18 and like they, that's how they met and fell in love. And, and I, I just like those sweet romantic stories. So yeah. that would be my there second was no question. Tinder in No Tinder. No, no. They were together for maybe two months and he uh, went off to World War II and they stayed together and they were married forever and had nine kids and 47 grandkids. So that how, how did your grandparents meet? That would be my second one. All right. We'll be back in an actual state next week. Thanks for sticking around and listening to our Patreon mashup. Bye. Bye.